0: Hey, before you sit down, before you sit down, turn to somebody and said, you're in the right place today. Tell them, I'm glad you're here. Tell them, I love you. All right, man, I'm glad you're here, and, and I'm just confident that God has a word for our church this morning. So let's, uh, let's lean in. We're going to jump right in. Here's what I want to share with you. This whole series has been about this idea that as believers we receive the light of Christ and it's not enough how many know just receive it what we want to see happen is as the light of Christ shines in our soul it spills out into a dark world and that's what this whole deal is all about can I share with you why it's so important I I came across this uh, website from the American Humanist Association and here's what they had to say about the Bible here's what they had to say we should reject the views of those who say the Bible has infallible answers to today's problems. Here's the funny part. As humanists know, science has proved to be a much better source for answers. I, can I prove that to you? Uh, anybody remember this? 20 days to stop the spread. How did, how did that work out for us? Not so good. Oh, since we're reading websites, can I read you something from ours? Here's what our ours says. This is what Life Point Community Church website says. We believe that loving people is at the heart of who God is. Whether through friendships, corporate gatherings, or outreach efforts, we want to cultivate and demonstrate Christ's love for others in our day-to-day lives. Listen. We are committed to learning what the Bible teaches about loving people and sharing the unconditional love of Christ in our community in tangible ways. That is who we are. I don't care what the humanists say. This passage of Scripture we've read every week, and I want to read it to you again. Psalm 119, verse 105 says, Your word, Lord, is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. To help talk about what we're going to talk about today, we're going to have a little history lesson. We're going to have a little life point history lesson. Are you ready? So what's going to pop up on the screen is our very first logo. Very first logo. In fact, we had this logo before we had a place to show it. We did have this logo. It, but, but as I show you these logos from low these many years now, I, I want you to notice the evolution of the bottom line. Okay, so the first the first uh, tagline, we said, con- I'm blind, connecting people, equipping believers, and loving God. Connecting people, equipping believers, and loving God. And then after a few years, we changed our logo, and we changed that little tagline, and it, looks like, it looked like this for a long time. It said, LifePoint Community Church, reaching in, reaching up. See, I told you I was blind, and it's been a long time. Reaching up, reaching out reaching in and and the idea there was we're not only going to reach out to our community and help share the love of Christ we're going to reach into those that God has already sent us and help (laughs) disciple people and draw them closer to Christ it was a pretty good idea amen (laughs) then it went to this we said life or community church connect grow and serve and what we said we wanted to connect people in two ways we want to connect people to God we want to connect people to each other we want to grow and we want to serve our community. And then before she shows the last one, you've seen it, but I, I I need to remind you, I told you this last year, but I want to remind you something. I went away in 2020 after the pandemic had started and, and the world had gone crazy. And, and you know I, I, I tell people all the time when they ask about you know what it was like for a you know a church leader when the pandep, pandemic went crazy, I said, well the first thing I did was went to my library. And I looked for a book that, uh, that would show me how to lead a church in a pandemic. And there wasn't one. And so I went away on a, on a uh, sabbatical in October of 2020. And I, to be frank, I was exhausted. It, was, it had been a long few months. And I, I, I went out on my father-in-law's front porch there and in his cabin. And I just began to, to write some things down. And I, I determined... That after preaching 30 years, I had one sermon. And I was morbidly depressed. Because I thought, surely after 30 years, there's more than one sermon. And then I just began to, all right, Lord, what are you trying to teach me? And he said, think about it, Dwayne. We're on first name basis. He said, think about it, Dwayne. He said, you... You've got this passion to tell people that that I've got a plan for their life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this one sermon has three points. God's got a plan for your life. The second one is you need to fall in love with Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the third point of this one sermon is you need to help somebody else fall in love with Jesus. And so we, we unpack this, and now this is what our logo looks like. Purpose. Passion people so today we've talked about passion and we've talked about purpose of the last few weeks well i want to talk about people see we 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 want to find our purpose we want to develop our passion but listen we got to love people and in fact i'm going to tell you that if we miss this point of the one sermon the rest doesn't mean very much If we miss this part, the Bible says everything else is just a sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. We cannot miss this part. We can get other stuff wrong. Can't get this wrong. In fact, here's what Jesus said. John chapter 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. Jesus didn't say, people are going to know you love me if you build a great big building, if you build giant cathedrals, if you, have the, if you have great music and you have eloquent sermons. No, if you have love one for another. Can I tell you that what puts LifePoint on the map in our community isn't, it's one thing. Here's what people tell me when they visit here for the first time. That's the most loving group of people I've ever met. And do you know why? Because I just, that's why I showed you the, those logos. It's been a part of who we are since day one. And, and listen, I, I believe that this year, what ought to happen is that we reaffirm our commitment to love people. Now, now listen, it's in order. The, we put it that way in order because, listen, write this down if you're taking notes. Pursuing Christ with passion will always result in a genuine love for people. Did you notice what Jesus said in that, in that passage? Jesus didn't say, hey, it'd be a really good idea if you loved each other. Hey, if you don't mind, if it's not too much of an inconvenience, would you think about maybe, possibly, getting around to loving other people? No, he said a new commandment I give you. Not a recommendation, not not some suggestion. And and here's the interesting part. He said a new commandment. So are we to infer that that loving other people wasn't a big deal to God before then? He said a new commandment, but you've got to read it carefully. What does it say? A new commandment, I give you, love one another just as I have loved you. That's the new part. In other words, Jesus said, here's the, here's the new commandment. What, how you see me loving other people is how you are supposed to love each other from this day forward. And by that, all men will know that you're following me. <laughs> Did you notice he said love one another? It's easy for us to phrase it like, well, we, we love our community. But Jesus said love one one another and let me let me see if i can unpack this for you i bet there's one individual in your life that grates on your nerves there's that one person in your life that when you see them walk in the room you're like oh my goodness not them again you got somebody in your life that's hard to love am i right jesus said love them just as i've loved you aren't you glad that you didn't irritate jesus so much that he stopped loving you and i don't know about you but i did some pretty irritating things but he said no to himself in order to express his love not just for the world but for Dwayne and for Donna and for Kathy and for Daniel, you understand what I'm saying? There's a, there's a big difference between the world and understanding that if I was the only one that needed love, Jesus would have still loved me. Right. So what we're going to do over the next few minutes here is we're going to unpack 1 John chapter 4. So if you've got your Bibles or you've got a, a device, go ahead and throw it open there. We're going to be back and forth a good bit especially verses 7 to 21. Uh, so so if, you're, if you're watching at home, you, gotta, you can get your Bible open or whatever you read your Bible on. That, that'd be a great place to, to hang out there because here's the deal. The greatest testimony to the work of Christ in our life is how we treat each other. Oh, it'd be, it'd be cool if we could say our greatest testimony was our attendance here this morning. Yeah, you guys got up and said, I don't care if there's no bathroom, I'm going to church. You may regret that in about 40 minutes, but that's okay. Right, right? There's a bathroom. You might have to stand in line. 1 John chapter 4, first couple of verses, let's see, verses 7. We'll start reading with verse 7 and 8. Dear friends, let us love one another. Why? Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love Love does not know God because God is love. What John is saying, listen, don't brag to me about how much you love God and then treat other people like poo-poo. I cleaned that up. Write this down. You'll never be more like Christ than when you share the love of God with another human being. Because that's what he did. Everywhere he went. He loved the unlovable. Unlovable. That's you and me, by the way. Yes. He loved somebody. He healed somebody. He served somebody. He fed somebody. He found a way to extend his love. Because how many know love is not something you feel? Love is something you do. <laughs> love is something you do. For God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't, love, he didn't so love the world that he felt. Right. When we talk about the love of God, it hasn't... I'm not, I'm not telling you that God doesn't feel love for you. That God doesn't express his love to you by how he feels about you. He expressed his love for you by, by sending his pr- most prized possession and, and sacrificing the life of his son. Verse 9 in 1 John chapter 4 says, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He traded Jesus' life for yours. Verse 10 says, This is not that we loved God, but that he loved us, sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for us. Ooh, that's a powerful word, isn't it? Sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Write this down. God's love is a sacrificial love. So I I need you to hear this. If We're going to love like God loved. If we're going to love like Christ loved, there may be a sacrifice involved. Sometimes love might cost you something. It might cost you money. It might cost you effort. It'll definitely cost you time. It might cost you having to swallow those irritations long enough to love somebody else. Let me ask you a question. Let's just take a straw poll. As I'm talking about that one person in your life that's irritated you or that pushes your buttons, are you just, how many already got a name in your mind? Raise your hand, raise them high. Oh, you don't like that, do you? I wonder, you know, Jesus, we teach that Jesus is 100% human, 100% God. I wonder if the humanity of Jesus ever got irritated. I wonder if Sometimes jesus didn't want to do what my wife always does when she gets irritated and goes, seriously Seriously Can I Can I Can I paint you a picture of how jesus dealt with those that irritated him the most Now i'm going to make a supposition here and let's let's see i'm going to say if 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 there was one person that would have pushed Jesus' buttons a little bit, it probably was the man that betrayed him. And as, as God, do you think Jesus knew exactly who was going to betray him? Do you think he knew it from the beginning? And so I would have thought that the, the night that, G, that Judas betrayed Jesus, that, that Jesus would have called Judas, Judas over in a corner and say, Listen, I know who you are. And, uh, oh, it's going to end poorly for you. (laughs) I know who you are. Why don't you just go do what you got to do and get out of my house. Get out of this room. I I don't want to see you. I don't want to hear your voice. I I got a funny feeling that's how you and I would have reacted. Mm -hmm. That's not what Jesus did. You know what Jesus did? Jesus took a towel and wrapped it around his waist. He took a basin of water and he knelt at the feet of his betrayer and washed his feet. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. And to that I say, help me, Lord, because that doesn't come natural to Dwayne. Sometimes I got to work on my face. How many of you show your irritations on your face? I know I do. When I get irritated, I just, you know, I was, I was rolling eyes long before it was an emoji. <laughs> Verse 11 says it this way. Dear friends, since God loved us, since God so loved us, isn't it funny how that word so pops up when and it's talking about God's love for us, God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one's ever, ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us, and His love is made complete in us. Uh, did you get that last part? God revealed His love to humanity. Through sending his son Jesus, but he completes the process. He seals the deal when you and I receive that love and then extend it to somebody else. You're part of God's plan to extend the love of God to a lost and dying world. You, you are part of God's plan, you and I. So here's what our goal is at at our church. Our goal is to reflect the love of God toward others. When the light of the love of God shines on us through His Son Jesus, you know, certain materials absorb light, certain materials reflect it. Who are you going to be? You're going to suck it all in for yourself? Are you going to live your life with this goal? Lord, I'm, I'm broken, I'm busted. But I can be a mirror. W- would you just use me to shine your love on somebody else? And listen, you, you know, a lot of y'all have been in church a, a long, long time. And, and and here's what I don't want you to, to, to think that that's, there's only one way that you, that, that can look. You, you know, I... I remember as a, as a teenager going to a soul winning class. And, it, and, I, and I, I love the idea that you and I are, are mandated as evangelists to the world. But I'm going to tell you, there, there, there's ways to plant the seed of God's love without hitting somebody on the head with a 94 pound study Bible. <laughs> Our goal is to reflect the love of God toward others. Verse 13 says it this way. Oh, this is so convicting, y'all. This is how we know that we live in him and he in us. He has given us of his spirit. You know, and we'd like to hang out right there. Yes, this is how I know God loves me. I've spoken tongues and I laid hands on the sick. And you guys know me. I believe in all that. I believe in that. I'm, I'm as Pentecostal as anybody you've ever met. But he didn't stop there. Listen, he's given us of his spirit and we have seen and testified that the Father has sent his Son to be Savior of the world. Listen, oh, I got a little preacher in me this morning. If, if all the church you got is what happens in this building, you don't have very much. If, if all the Jesus you got is what makes you raise your hand and what makes you shout and what makes... If, if that's all you got, then you don't have Jesus, you got an emotion. If Jesus, if what you experience here doesn't change who you are out there, it's just noise. Amen. Some of you started to clap, but it's all right. That's okay. <laughs> Verse 15 says, if anyone acknowledges that, that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and we rely on the love of God, that the love God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Yeah, our, if if we're going to follow Jesus, you know, I, somebody said, do I have to go to church? Well, I'd recommend it. <laughs> I, I, I do. I, I think it's a pretty big deal. Do, do, I, do I have to give money? Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the Bible about being good stewards, so I'd, I'd recommend it. Do I have to love everybody? Yes. There is no debate. Oh, goodness. There's a lot of conversation right now about using the right pronouns. And I 100% agree with it. 1,000% agree. We use the wrong pronouns. If you, oh, if, if your connection with Christ can be described by using the I pronoun, well, I joined the church and I given the offering and I teach a class and I sing a song and I preach a sermon, it's the wrong pronoun. Here's a couple we ought to use them they need the gospel they need the light of christ they need the love of god can i tell you the one we really need to be using he 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 loved me he gave his life He hung on a bloody cross. He rose again. He's alive and sitting at the right hand of the Father. It really isn't about you. It really isn't about me. It's about Him and it's about them. And anything else is just noise. Maybe we need to spend, like the Bible we just read said, maybe we need to spend more time testifying about Jesus and less time testifying about us. Does't Scripture teach us that Jesus must increase and I must decrease I could care less if you never know my name but I don't want you to leave this building and not know who Jesus is I, I, I've read this I've read this quote to you before but this this quote I, I don't know it, it, it meant something to me a long time ago and still does It's a quote by a man by the name of Brennan Manning Brennan Manning was a an author and a a poet. Maybe one of the single most convicting quotes I've ever heard in my life. He said this. The greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out the door and deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Now listen, we... We can't change every church in America. We can do something about this one, can't we? What what if we we bore as a mantle the truth that our job as followers of Christ, if we do nothing else but share the love of God and the light of Christ that He's shown on us? Oh, can I tell you, oh, I get so frustrated sometimes. I'll turn on. And y'all know me, and I try not to. I don't. I don't. I don't beat up other ministers and pastors and preachers. I just. I just don't do that. That's just not. But y'all, I see some stuff sometimes that, and I want. I want to go. Are we on the same team? Are we preaching the same gospel? Because I don't. I don't see it. I see pastors who who beg people for money with tear-filled eyes and then climb into private jets to avoid hanging out with the common folk. Christians who raise their hands and worship at noon on Sunday then treat their server at the restaurant like second-class citizens an hour later. No! We can't do that! The Jesus we worship here has got to walk out the door with us in our hearts and coming out of our mouth and in our expressions of kindness to a lost and dying world. Oh. Verse 17. This is how love is made complete among us so that we'll have confidence on the day of judgment. <laughs> we don't talk about day of judgment a lot anymore, do we? So we have confidence on the, you want to know you're okay on the day of judgment? In this world, we are like Jesus. Are we? Are we? Can I tell you, I fail miserably. And there's a lot of times I react like Jesus wouldn't. But I'm going to tell you that I'm, I'm hungry to be more like Jesus. I want to love people like Jesus, and I want to serve people like Jesus, and I want our church to serve people like Jesus and to do all we can to shine the light of Christ into a very, very dark world, and we can't do that if we hate people. Well, I don't hate people. Are you sure? Are you sure? I don't hate people people as long as they're Republican. Come on, y'all. I don't hate people as long as they're heterosexual. I don't hate people as long as they're conservative. Y'all were with me till just then. Verse 19, we love because he first loved us. Hey, it, I, I know a lot of you guys, and, and, and I kid you not, you are some of the most loving people I have ever spent time with. It blows me away how, how loving you are. But lest we deceive ourselves, the only reason you and I can show any semblance of love whatsoever. It's because 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son and Christ invaded our lives. We love because he first loved us. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. And I love it when I can just read the book. I don't have to, there's no commentary necessary. Just read the book. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they've not seen. (laughs) He's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must love their brother or sister. So let's, here's your last little fill in before Greatest testimony, the activity of God in the life of believers is his or her genuine love for others. If I experience the love of God, the light of Christ, and keep it to myself, that's the opposite of love. The most hateful thing I can do as a human being is to have an understanding that God loved the world. And then keep it to myself. It's selfish. So here's, here's my challenge to you. I'm going to give you five things. And, and oh, by the way, I gave you these exact five things a year ago today. Because they didn't change. How, how you love people. I'm going to show genuine love for people with these five ways, all right? Number one, I'm going to pray for them. It's been scientifically proven that you can't pray for somebody and cuss them out at the same time. Uh, I I guess, and... I've, I've already kind of been in your business a little bit today, so let's, no reason to stop now, right? I, I, want you to, I want you to get that person's name in your head, and I'm going to ask you a very simple question, and you just it inside. Have you spent more time complaining about them or more time praying for them? I'm just going to let that settle. If, if the answer is I've spent more time complaining about them, more time being irritated by them than, than I have praying for them, here's my challenge to you. Stop today. In fact, I would challenge you before you leave this building to mention their name in prayer. When you don't understand, even God can't help them. Well, if He can't help them, if He can't help them, He can't help you. Pray for them. And here's something that our friends at Chick Fil A taught us: acts of kindness. Acts of kindness. You know what I'm I'm learning in my in my uh, now that I'm in my late thirties. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm
0: I'm up here trying to talk about love and y'all irritating me right now. <laughs> you know what I'm learning? Smile doesn't cost you a nickel. You, you know what? It doesn't cost you anything is to open a door for somebody. In fact, you know what I'm learning? Is that you may change somebody's entire day by opening a door for them at Quick Trip. You, is that silly? It just happens to be true. You, you know what? I, my wife laughs at me, but I, I love to be in the grocery store and start up a conversation. How's your day? You know, you know why that blows people away? Because nobody does it anymore. We're so stinking busy and got our faces buried in our phones, we've learned how to stop learning how to be nice to one another. Let's stop that, y'all. Go into, your, go into the restaurant. At, before you tell her to bring you your sweet tea, how's your day? Show, now, listen, don't, don't let it be a mask. Don't let it be fake because how you know many people see right through that? All right? Show a genuine interest in somebody. How's your day? You know, you know what will blow you away? Ask this question. How can I pray for you? All right. Acts of kindness. This one may, may mess with you a little bit. I, I'm gonna show genuine love for people by loving myself. Loving yourself. Jesus said, Love your neighbor as yourself. I I want you to hear this from my heart. Uh, I when my, my daughter-in-law was sharing about her 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 struggle with anxiety and depression and, and how Jesus just just washed over her and, and healed her, man, that's yeah. can I tell you I, I can't I can't effectively help anybody if I look in the mirror and lie to myself. I can't tell you that God's got a plan for you if I can't look in the mirror and say, God's God's done with you. You've blown it. I can't tell you that you, that, that God's made you the head and not the tail, that you're above only and never beneath if I can't look in the mirror and believe it with conviction. I can't tell you with conviction that that God can heal and deliver and save in the midst of your worst condition if I can't look in the mirror and believe that God's still at work in my own life. I love the world effectively. Now, I'm not talking about some narcissistic, I'm all that kind of love. You know what I'm saying, right? Loving myself. Number four, by having a healthy balance of grace and truth. Let, let me tell you what I mean by that. There's this beautiful story in the New Testament. It, it's, it, it, all of these, all of these religious leaders catch a woman in the act of adultery. Isn't it funny that they only brought one, though? Let's just leave that. That's a sermon for another day. <clears throat> They're getting ready to stone her, and Jesus stops in, steps in. And you, you've heard the story uh, and, and stops the process. And I I see this woman's head bowed in in her arms wondering when the stones are gonna start pouncing and all of a sudden she glances up and only Jesus is there. And Jesus is like, where'd they go? (laughs) He said, they're gone. Your accusers are gone. And I don't accuse you either. That's grace. And then here's how I picture it in my hand. I picture Jesus kneeling down beside her and holding her hand. And he said, now go leave your life of sin. That's truth. Sometimes we love people with grace. Sometimes we love people with truth. I'll tell you what that looks like. I've had men come to me and say, I'm I'm struggling. I'm hooked on pornography and my wife doesn't know about it. Is it love for me to put my arm around him and go, it's okay? No. It's loving for me to put my arm around him and go, stop it. It'll kill you. Kill your marriage. Let's get you some help. That's am I painting the picture for you? Sometimes we love people with grace, and sometimes we we love people with truth, and we gotta ha- make sure we have a healthy balance of that here's jesus sometimes held a little child in his lap and laughed and sometimes he pointed at a religious leader and said you're a whitewashed tomb Mm -hmm. jesus came full of grace and truth all right and lastly here we go the most loving thing you can ever do for anyone else is share the gospel here's what I, i i want There was a place for me to comment on the American Humanist website. Here's what I would say: There's no tension that life creates that cannot be relieved by the power of the gospel. And you've got somebody in your life. Listen to me, eyes right here. I want to look eye to I can't look eye to eye with everybody. You've got somebody that God's pulling on your heart string to share your story with, and you've stayed silent. Listen to me. That's not loving. That's not loving. It's comfortable. It's easy. It's convenient, but it's not loving. Now, I'm not telling you to be that obnoxious guy with a bullhorn on the side of the road. (laughs) I'm, I'm telling you to, first of all, Develop a relationship with somebody, earn the right to be heard, and then share your story. Because you know what? That Bible you're holding, people can argue with that all day long. They can argue with your story, can they? And then maybe, just maybe, the most loving thing you can do, because I I, I hear people tell me this all the time. Well, Dwayne, I'm just not good with my words. I stumble, I, I have a hard time sharing my story with, with you know, with, with people. And, and so here's, here's what I'm going to challenge you with. Help get somebody in an environment where they're going to hear the gospel. In other words, maybe you, maybe you can't uh, say the right words to somebody struggling with an addi- addiction, but you know what you can do? I'm coming to pick you up Tuesday. I'll be there at 645. Have your fanny ready. We're going to new life. You, you hearing me? Maybe you can't, you have a hard time talking to people about the love of Christ and the great things he's done. Hey, we started at 11. You better be there, or you're going to hear from me later. Be, get here, get here. Just trust me on this. Get here. I, I, where have we gone wrong? Listen, we've gotten real good. And, and when I say we, I'm talking about the North American, the Western world's version of Christianity. We've gotten real good at saying what I need from you is your money. Now, listen, we, and you know what we teach here. We believe tithes and offerings. We teach that. Some of you have been a part of the tithe challenge in the past, and so we, we teach that. But, oh, my goodness, if that's our only message, then no wonder people are leaving the church. But it's hard to run away from love. It's hard to run away from love. Donna, come on. You know, sometimes we're in this process and and uh, I I ask you to make a commitment. I ask you to raise your hand or I ask you to do whatever. And, and listen, um, I'm not doing that today. Do you know why? Because everybody in this room, all of us need to take a step closer to God's plan. Take a step closer to God's love so we can reflect it somewhere else. And so that's my prayer for you. That's my prayer for, uh, for your family. And I think how I want to do this is just let them. Man, I'll tell you what. Uh, what I guess that song um, affected people in a different in different ways, but I'm gonna tell you the line that got me: "Shout Jesus from the mountains." What was the line? "Shout Jesus from, from the, the,
1: mountains, the, Jesus the streets, Je- mountains." Jesus in the streets. Mountains in, the, in, the, in yeah, the darkness.
0: Yeah, I, it really did affect me, even though I forgot it. Because that's what we're talking about, isn't it? So, sing the chorus a time or two, then we're gonna pray.
1: Shall Jesus from the mountains? Jesus in the streets? Jesus in the darkness? Over? In the streets, Jesus in the dark.
0: us, mold us, move us to be more like Jesus, to love like Christ and to serve like Christ and to share like Christ to a world that so desperately needs to know Him. God, our prayer is that we stop testifying about us, testify to the goodness of God and the great things that He's done, how He's changed our life. God, help us to love people. You'd love them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, sing that just once more.